plowing that's been done and a bit of sowing going on this week um, is welcome. Conditions are, are fair. That's all, that's all you could say. I mean, look, lads are putting in winter wheat, certainly. And I suppose, you know, they're picking their fields. There's little bits that, that you might have to lift the drill and stuff. I haven't seen anything yet that's that's really good enough for winter barley, you know. Uh, and I suppose that's, that's the big crux in the system, really. Not enough winter cereals are in the ground at the moment, but with a small break in the weather, this area should increase over the next few days. But the weather needs to hold out. For the crops in the ground, most are in need of some attention around weed control. Is your crop ready for a herbicide application or is it still too wet? You are listening to the latest episode of The Tillage Edge with me, Michael Hennessy. We would really appreciate it if you could listen, follow and give us a review on Apple or Spotify or wherever you get your podcast from. The cornerstone of weed control in winter cereals is pre-emerged herbicides. However, it may be too late for these products and alternative strategies need to be devised. I'm delighted to be joined by Kieran Collins and Shay Phelan, both tillage specialists in Chagas to discuss what are the best options for weed control in winter cereals over the coming weeks. Shay, I want to come to you first. Just in terms of planting, how much planting is done out there at the moment? It's a good question, I suppose, Michael, and that's the $6 million question. I suppose everybody's wondering at the moment. I mean, we, we obviously know they're back, but I suppose how much they're back is 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 anybody's guess at this stage. And I suppose at the last week, we we published the, the harvest report, and within that, we, we put an estimate together of what's actually out in what's actually planted. And I suppose there's a big caveat to that in terms of we're based a lot of it on seed sales. So a lot of that is not actually planted yet. So we kind of estimate there's somewhere in the region of about 35,000 hectares of winter barley sown, which is, you know, we're down from 53 last year. So it's a big decrease. And um, winter wheat could be anywhere around the same, but I suppose there's probably still time to plant, to plant winter wheat. So what seed is out there, we reckon there could be, you know, potentially 45, maybe 50,000 hectares of, of winter wheat seed could go in. And I, I kind of have a, an asterisk beside that in terms of that's what's being planted between now and probably early February, which technically, I suppose, once it goes after the 1st of January, it's spring wheat, but winter wheat varieties, I suppose, we could be up as high as, as 45 or 50,000 hectares. Okay, um, Kieran, I was down in your neck of the woods down there yesterday, and I noticed there was a, a few ploughs uh, going around, uh, 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 pulling up a bit of ground there yesterday. Is there is it is as good or a bad situation? I'm not sure which is which uh, down your part of the world. Is it is it similar to what um, Shay was talking about? Yeah, I suppose. Look, the figures are our best estimates, as Shay said. I think they're certainly, from what I can gather, better progress made in the northern half of the country rather than the southern half, obviously, due to the, the heavy rain and stuff. Um, so, you know, that 35 hectares, 1,000 hectares of winter barley, as Shay says, is very, very hard to estimate. The ploughing that's been done and a bit of sowing going on this week um, is welcome. Conditions are, are fair. That's all, that's all you could say. I mean, look, lads are putting in winter wheat, certainly. Um, and I suppose you know, they're picking their fields. There's little bits that, that you might have to lift the drill and stuff. Uh, I haven't seen anything yet that's that's really good enough for winter barley, you know. Uh, and I suppose that's that's the big crux in the system, really. Um, I think the wheat, we're absolutely quite happy if you want to deal with crows. Obviously, that's the caveat. But up to the middle of February, no, no, no issue whatsoever. Uh, winter barley is a different story, though. Winter barley needs good seed beds, needs high seed rates, you know. So I think seed bed is number one, two, and three. 
what I've seen this week, Michael, certainly isn't uh, isn't good enough. From anything I've seen, though, maybe look, there's dry ground in different parts of the country, but I think it's a it's a real tough one to win the rally. Okay, and Shay, just just popping back to you in, in just in terms of what Kieran's after saying there is it certainly a little bit warmer down south, and there might be slightly diff- different to maybe up around the northeast where it's you know a bit cooler, heavier ground, maybe slightly wetter ground. Is there still time to plant cereals up up, up that side? I suppose again, taking all the caveats Kieran was talking about there, Michael, in terms of you know soil conditions, and and I mean, you know, if a normal year you would say yeah, probably you know there's still time to do it. Uh, the big the big caveat this year is soil conditions, and I suppose we've been through two months of really really wet weather when we should be drilling, and that has had an impact on soil. So in those heavier soils up there, certainly talking to quite a number of potato farmers in the last couple of weeks most of them are saying they're not going to plant potato ground, which is unusual. And that's really down to soil conditions after the harvest. It's just, you know, soil conditions are very, very poor. So again, you'd have to pick pick your fields. Um, and at this stage, if they haven't been drilled at this stage, you'd wonder why they haven't been drilled at, at this stage in, in that region. Um, and I suppose that's the big issue. There probably still is an opportunity to do it. Um, and that's more from the point of view, and I suppose guys will be looking at the more longer term issue in terms of rotation and possibly even workload that they're going to look at the spring workload if they if they grow a lot of spring barley. And certainly the experience of that neck of the woods uh, in the harvest just gone out is that you know, spring barley in heavy ground planted late is not is not ideal either. So I think that's it's it, there's a combination of factors at play whereby uh, farmers are thinking not just. You know, in, in, in immediate terms, they're thinking more long term and, and, and realizing that, you know, maybe we need to get a bit more wheat into the ground to maybe fulfill straw contracts or to reduce workload um, in the spring. So there are a couple of issues that people are thinking are mulling around their heads when they're, when they're continuing to decide whether to sow or not. Just with that in mind, in terms of wheat, is, is a second wheat an option this year, maybe over other years? Yeah, Michael, just crunching the numbers there this morning, I suppose there, there's two big things here. Like the big one is spring seed. We know from the seed trade and, you know, the harvest we had last year, spring seed is going to be very scarce. So, you know, you might plan on sowing spring barley. You may or may not get the seed. It could be expensive. It might not be the variety that you're looking for. So I think that's the first thing. And as Shea said, we've had bad experiences with spring barley in, you know, areas which wouldn't be traditional spring barley areas. So that's, that they're, they're two massive ones to consider. I think if you look at the traditional winter barley slot, so you have your break crop, your winter wheat, and then your winter barley. So somebody might say, okay, soil conditions aren't good enough to sow winter barley. So I'll wait till the spring. And then all the, the issues I spoke about there would see the availability and that come into play. An option that might be worth looking at, it won't suit everyone, but certainly as a second wheat at this stage instead of that winter barley. You know, we know we can successfully get a yield at this stage. Uh, sowing later, the take-all risk is definitely there, but it's somewhat reduced by, 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 by the late sowing, you know. Disease pressure certainly will be lower, but you will take a lower yield in a first wheat. There's absolutely no no question or doubt about that. And I was just crunching the numbers there, and like you know, a nine ton crop of 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 winter wheat would probably give you a similar margin to um you know a three ton or a seven and a half ton crop of 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 spring barley there thereabouts you know so you know i suppose then you're kind of you make your your call then on your type on your land like am i more likely to get nine tons of winter wheat so now or seven and a half tons of spring barley sown in march so that's 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 something i I wouldn't rule out you know certainly wouldn't rule out we might maybe just turn a little bit because we will be coming back to this topic again i think in in uh, in in episodes in the next couple of weeks but 
I want to turn back to maybe something that um, growers might be uh, having in mind for this this uh, week, given that the weather's after picking up a little bit, and it looks like there's a there's a bit hopefully um, a week or so decent weather coming along the line. And it's really talking about the crops that are already in the ground and crops that have emerged uh, through the ground. Majority of those don't have any weed control. Kieran, what sort of factors should people consider before they would, I, I suppose, put the herbicide into the sprayer and and go out spraying that ground? Yeah, there's 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 a good few things to consider. Obviously, firstly is the health of the crop. You know, we've we've seen some some patchy crops. Slugs have 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 done a lot of damage in places. We've got some bare patches and fields. There might be decisions have to be made there as to whether it's a replanting operation or part of a field. Third one is ground conditions. You know, um, there's doesn't doesn't make any sense to go in and plow the place at this stage to 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 go after weeds. You know, um, and then the weeds that are present, I think, is 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 a big factor. So if we're talking winter barley. You know, you're probably pushing yourself to get in there if the crop is healthy, to get metagrass under control or to get some level of control. You won't, If the crop is up, you're not going to get 100% control, which certainly will, will will have a good cut off it. Winter wheat, obviously, there is a little bit more flexibility there in that we have good post-emergent grass weed products. So I think the level of grass weeds is is probably number one, Michael. You know, obviously, the, the health of the crop and the ground conditions are all that are number one, that, you know, then whether the, the type of crop, wheat or barley, you have more options with wheat. And then, you know, the level of, of potential grass weeds in the crop, I think they're all, they're the, the, the factors you'll be looking at anyway. And would it be too early, Kieran, to consider, uh, I suppose, maybe a thin crop? I know you mentioned areas that might be um, gone, I suppose, or maybe there's very little in them in terms of in terms of wet conditions. But in terms of crop, crops that are up reasonably well, and there's there's uh, an amount of plants there, but they're a bit thin. Is it is it early to consider that yet? Or or is that something that, that that you can kind of follow up on maybe in the springtime when you see more tillers there? I think if it's the crop that you're describing, it's probably a spring really before you make that call because, you know, if you get mild weather over winter, we've often seen, especially in wheat, plants plants are, will recover and, and, and crops can, can produce a good few tillers. So if it's a patchy crop like that, I think it's a decision for the spring. There'll be some easy decisions where, you know, there was waterlogging and stuff and, and, and there, you know, obviously you're, you're, you're going to take some of those out possibly. But uh, yeah, it really depends. I, I, those ones you described were probably the spring, I'd say, Michael, yeah. Okay. Shay, just coming back to maybe we might just have a look at maybe the options on winter barley first and considering what Shay is after saying in terms of a few of the caveats with, you know, the type of weeds that are there and healthy crop and that kind of thing. Um, what sort of options would you consider are reasonable for uh, some of those winter barley crops that are perhaps at, I don't know, probably the three, three to four leaf stage, maybe at this stage? Kieran gave a good kind of overview there, Michael, of what I'm seeing out there at the moment. There's there's a mixture of everything out there. And again, crop health has to be the first thing I think people have to decide on before they before they before they put in a herbicide. Because I mean, with winter barley, some of these herbicides can be a little bit unforgiving if if conditions aren't right. So I suppose really what you're looking at is it'll be based on what weeds are there. Okay. So uh, and I mean in our crop report there, we have uh, susceptibility charts and I would be working off that in terms of deciding what product I'm going to use so depending on what you're trying to control so if you're trying to control something like uh, poppy or something like that um, I'd probably be still looking at something like a bit of flight or something uh, along that line with the penny metal in it um, and that will give you reasonably good control of, of poppies and has good residual activity as well um, if you're looking at some of the other weeds then maybe likes of uh, fumetry or something like that I mean, Firebird Met gives a, which is the flufenicet and the diflufenicin-based product, uh, gives you quite good control there as well. And there's metribucin in it as well. 
Um, and I suppose though they're probably two of the main ones that people are going to look at at the moment now. There are people talking about using the likes of Tower and maybe, as Kieran said there, maybe maybe not going now, but maybe leaving something like that off until spring. And you know, there are guys who've used that in the spring where crops have been under pressure or they haven't got conditions to go in. And it does kind of give reasonably good control late on in, in, in the season compared to some of the others. Like I know they have, you know, they have growth stages there that you have to be wary aware of. Some of the the the, the Fluenced based products have a have a latest timing of, of, of growth stage thirteen. So you just need to be careful which product you're using. The likes of Nacito there, I think has a has a, a, a latest timing of thirteen. So they're probably up against that now. So again, you just have to be careful which product you're using and make sure you you adhere to the label on it as well, you know. Uh, and uh, Shay, just around the kind of, kind of grass weeds, I suppose meadow grass being the one yeah. that that probably is the the, the major one because I, I I would it be right in saying that there's very little can be done for sterile brome in a winter barley situation now. Yeah, you're right. I mean, Lufenicet will give some control, but it's it's probably going to be very, very limited. Now, generally speaking, you would hope that most winter barley doesn't have a sterile brome pro, pro problem and that you're not going in there. And those guys that, that would have had it would have tried to get on a, a pre-emerge and follow it back in with a second application of Lufenicet, which gives, you know, I won't say even reason, because it gives you some control. Annual metagrass, as you say, is probably the one that most people are going off. And in my experience, Flufenicet still gives quite good control, uh, even post-emerge. Um, and I've seen it before where people have gone in late. has does give quite good control on it, as does as does um, Pendimetlin at this stage. will give you good, reasonably good control of small, small weeds. Anything that's tillered now, if there are annual metagrass out there that have tillered. And I don't think, to be fair, I don't think there's that many of them. Um, uh, they, they'll struggle to control those. But most weeds, like the barley at this stage, have struggled as well. So they're under as much pressure, really, in a lot of cases, as as uh, as as the crop is itself. And that, again, might be an issue too. I mean, if you have a, a weed that's struggling as well, it might not be growing as well, mightn't take up the chemical as well. It might be slow enough control, and it might take a bit of time um, for you to see an effect on, on the herbicide at this stage. And they will be slower acting than they would have been, say, if they were applied a month ago. Okay, and Karen, maybe turn into to to wheat. Is, is something similar again? Is it, or is there a few more options that might be open in wheat? Yeah, I think it's more nuanced. Like Shay said, winter barley is straightforward. If you have a good, healthy crop, you know, get in there as soon as you can, you know, because that will give you the best control of 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 annual meadowgrass in particular. So I think that's that's easier. I think wheat is is, is slightly different, and it may be a little bit more of a programmed approach. Again, I'm taking a crop that's that's healthy, and and you're 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 working with it. So, you know, I think you have good options for the autumn in the likes of of Alistair Flex, which will give you good coverage with the DFF in it, which are which are broadleaf weeds, and then you obviously have your your meadowgrass and, and and brome there as well you also have you know all the winter barley options that 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 Shea mentioned as well i suppose another approach that people tend to take in winter wheat nowadays especially in a grass weed scenario is maybe get the likes of annual meadowgrass tidied up so go in there with maybe a flufenicet based product which tend not to be overly expensive you know get get the likes of meadowgrass under control give you good 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 coverage on, on other weeds as well obviously and then maybe plan for a follow-up in the spring 
thing would be one option with the likes of Broadway Star. You know, I think that's, and which is a really good brown product. You know, you'll get your wild oats there. And I think that's an approach a lot of people have, have, have taken in, in, in recent years. But there is good flexibility. And I think just to get in, you know, now, give if, if you can do it and the crop is healthy, I, I, I still think it's, it's a good thing to do. You know, as I said, with any of the winter barley options that Shea said, or alternatively, just get in with something that pendimetalin base or a flufenicid base, get your metagrass under control, widens the window then for the spring. You've got your even Pacifica or, as I say, your likes of, 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 of Broadway Star a little bit later into the into the season then, which will cover your wild oats as well. And I've seen uh, the likes of Alistair Flex working quite well in the past and, and it seems to do a reasonably good job. But does it lack a little bit of um, residual control on the metagrasses? Would you be in any way worried about that, Karen? Yeah, look, it's 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 contact, obviously, being being ALS. So that's the that's the that's the big thing there. Um, I suppose, the, and and it really does depend on what you have in the field. You know, if if you are targeting and you have a you know potentially a big problem there, as I said, you know, you might be better off going with a pendimetal and fluvisid base and following up. The likes of Alistair Flex is probably very suitable. You know, up to maybe the end of January, where you have a field that's you know reasonably clean. It might be a one a one shot solution. You know, I just want to return to it because I think it is it is a bit of an issue out there. Certainly, and I've, I've, I've driven the country, I suppose, over the last little while and looking over the the hedges and ditches and that. There's certainly a, a, an issue out there, Shay, in, in terms of you know, there's some of those crops out there that are a little bit marginal in places and maybe maybe in in larger places. Um, what if some of these those areas, the crops, the crop, those crops get an overall um herbicide application, very big pre-emerge kind of scenario in it. But next spring, some of those areas are deemed unviable. They just didn't tolerate. They're just not good enough. There's going to have to be, something's going to have to be done with them. Does the application of that residual herbicide hinder the planting of anything or an alternative crop to go into those areas afterwards? Yeah, it's a very good point, Michael, because we've seen this before. Um, you know, every other year we we see problems with crops and there's a herbicide going on, and you know you're wondering then is that going to impact on on uh, on the following crop? And it's again, it's something you have to be careful of when you when when determining what product you're using. So if you're using you know the likes of a pendimetalin based product, uh, be it flight or stomp or some of those products, I mean it is very residual, so it does hang around in the soil quite a while. Um, and Flufenicid probably not as much, but DFF would be pretty similar. They they hang around the soil quite a bit. So again, you would depending on the product that you use, you'd need to go back and read the label or ring the ring the supplier and see what are their restrictions and what crops you can sow after applying those because the labels do differ and the products do do differ again based on their weed profile and what weeds they're trying to control most of them especially if you're in a in a non-inversion system most of them will recommend that you actually cultivate to 15 centimeters so that means in a lot of cases you're having to plow so again it's just another nuance problem uh, with those if if you're in a, in a direct drill system or a min till system if a plow based system most of them are okay. You're plowing anyway, and you're, you can you can drill away. But again, it's something you just probably need to read on the label before you apply. If you're in that situation, you think there might be an issue there. This could potentially be an issue um, for you in in the spring. So I would say before you apply, read the labels, and on all the labels, it will tell you uh, what the what the following crops you can sow in the in the event of a crop failure, and more importantly, 
um, the time frame that you have to leave. Like I think flight is something like five months or something like that, whereas flufenacetid is 12 weeks or something. Uh, it holds even in the case where you're sown, you have a cereal in and you have a residual cereal herbicide on and you're coming back, say, with spring barley again, which is again a cereal that... Uh, the, the rules of thumb of which you're talking about there, there that still applies. It? Yeah, it does. Yeah, I think okay. for most of them. Yeah, right. Certainly something to be aware of uh, for for people with. And with sorry, Michael. Just while I, while I am thinking of it, it is something. There are people out there talking about maybe applying herbicides in the spring, and again, it's something just to be conscious of too for for a lot of winter barley crops. Maybe where you might be going with something like oilseed rape afterwards, that the same rules would apply. You know. Okay, and I suppose in some of those ones, they can push out. Um, that might have an effect even in ulcer rape over the next year as well. So exactly, to exactly, as well. exactly, yeah, exactly. Okay. Um, Karen, finally, maybe just maybe talk about winter oats. Maybe they're not as 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 crucial. Maybe there's there's some in the ground certainly, but is there something or options of herbicides that people maybe should be thinking about in winter oats as well now at this stage? Yeah, look, where we started in the program, the, the area winter oats is, is is very small. But look, I'm sure there there are some growers out there that that did manage to get it in. The herbicide range is is extremely limited. Really, in the autumn, you're just talking about DFF, which does, in fairness, give you good good cover on on, on broadleaf weeds if conditions are good and the crop is healthy. I I, I wouldn't have any issue getting in there. Uh, and and I suppose the big thing is there. It's very cost effective. It's really 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 cost effective. Failing that, I suppose the majority of of winter it's just given soil conditions and generally when they're sown you're generally waiting till the spring getting in maybe half three quart rate of an issue and and, and, a, and a, an appropriate mixture based on the weed spectrum there you're just talking broadleaf weeds obviously anyway so um i think from a cost benefit perspective dff in the autumn is 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 really good can be a little bit harder at times so again the weather would be a factor there and the health of the crop would be something to watch but if you can do it great uh, alternatively then michael it's a it's a spring application Okay, Karen. thanks very much. And certainly, I, I suppose the thing I'm getting out of this is that the number one thing to be aware of is the crop health. Um, see what way your crop is before you start uh, doing anything at all and figure out the the, um, the weeds that you have in the field and uh, try and um, line up the appropriate herbicides from that end of it. Guys, Kieran and uh, Shay, thanks very much for your time. And look, we'll be chatting to you again shortly. No problem, Michael. Thank you. So that's it for this week. And a huge thanks to Kieran and Shay for joining me on the show. Next week, we will have the second part of a two-part series on land drainage with Pat Dewey, a researcher in Chagas. Pat will talk about tackling ponding in the middle of fields and how the subsoils have a huge bearing and the type of drainage system which should be used. So finally, don't forget if you enjoyed the podcast, then recommend it to a friend or colleague, and as always, rate, review and follow on Apple or Spotify so you never miss an episode. And for more information, go to chagas.ie. I'm Michael Hennessy. Thanks for listening and I'll be back next week with more tillage news and advice.